Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. And I want you to remember the line that I'm about to say. And I want you to remember it every single time you see this White House laugh in your face, laugh at your misery, laugh at the crumbling of our, of our economy. I want you to understand that this Democratic Party under Joe Biden believe in one thing. Their God is green. Their God is green and alternative energy. Their Pagan is a electric car. That is what it is that they believe in. That is their God. And if you don't believe in it, their ideology is punishment. A punishment for you because you do not believe in what they believe in. Gas prices are soaring and they want you to believe it's because of Russia. We know that's a lie. We know that this White House is filled with pathological liars who keep saying things that are just untrue. A couple months ago, they said high gas prices were actually related to COVID. They even said it just two weeks before Russia happened and Ukraine. But then they found their new boogeyman, and that guy is Vladimir Putin. And their ideology is punishment for those who do not submit. I want to remind you of Biden's energy secretary back in May, laughing at the pain at the pump then, and that was nothing compared to now, laughing at you when she was asked a question at the White House about rising gas prices. This was back in May. Obviously, we have the acute issues with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack, but looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speed up the efforts at DOE to move in more of a renewable direction since this is going to have an impact on people Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100 percent clean electricity by 2035 and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Uh There's the laugh. Let's go back to the very end. If if you were driving an electric car, this is, again, our, 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 our punishment. On you, because of our ideology, we are going to attack you. We are going to mock you. We are going to renew our criticism of you. And we're going to tell you that this wouldn't be affecting you if you just go spend fifty to $70,000 on a car that we tell you to buy. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. <laughs> uh, yes. It wouldn't be affecting you, would it? No, 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 no. Biden's energy secretary. If you drive an electric car, this wouldn't be affecting you. Well, isn't that good to know? Now, inflation is also skyrocketing right now. 
is risen to 7.9% in February. That's a new 40-year high. So they hit a high, and now they're beating their last high. And if you woke up this morning, you're paying more for a gallon of gas now than at any other time in the history of this country. And that's beating yesterday. But you have to understand why they're okay with this. They needed this to happen. They needed there to be something that made the price skyrocket so they could then point at you and tell you, well, if you would just submit to our ideology and what we tell you to do, it wouldn't be that bad. Here's the other kicker, though, right now. Did you know that there is no guarantee that if you buy an electric car right now that you're actually going to save money? Did you know that? Did you know that actually if you put in a fast charger in your house, you're going to be paying a significant more per kilowatt hour than you'd be paying at, at, say, $5.49 a gallon if gas gets to that point, which it looks like it's going to. This is what happens when you have these people that believe now, because of COVID and their lockdowns, that they can dictate to you everything you do in your life. And they laugh at you. And then they tell you stupid things like, oh, it's Vladimir Putin's fault. Well, two weeks ago, before Vladimir Putin invaded, what did they say about energy? They said then that it was because of COVID. So which one is it? That's all I'm asking. I just want to know which one is it. Is it COVID or is it Putin? Because it can't be both if based on what you're saying. Senator Ted Cruz had a great point that he said about the Biden administration when he said their energy policy isn't just absurd. It's totally incoherent. It makes no sense, except I want to say one thing. It actually does. They want you to feel pain. They want you to suffer because you are not submitting to their ideology, which is that you must, to be a good human being, have an electric car. Well, and it's having big effects here at home. There's record-setting pain at the pump, getting worse by the day. Americans now paying an average of $4.25 a gallon. That's up $1.46 from the same time last year. Meanwhile, President Biden announcing a plan to ban Russian oil imports while eyeing other very problematic nations to fill the shortfall. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, a Republican on the Foreign Affairs Committee, is, joins us now. And one of the things that I wanted to get your take on was, when you're from Texas, you're a senator from Texas, and when President Biden went to Texas yesterday, he had just announced a ban on Russian oil. He went and did an important event there about the burn pits from Iraq, but he didn't meet with anybody in Texas about domestic energy. You know, I, I got to say this administration's policy when it comes to energy is, is completely incoherent. Uh, President Biden started literally his first day in office basically declaring war on domestic energy production. He shut down the Keystone Pipeline on the first day in office, killed 11,000 jobs, 8,000 union jobs with a stroke of a pen. He halted all new leasing on federal lands, both onshore and offshore, and, and he stopped development in Anwar, a small region of Alaska that is incredibly rich in, in oil reserves. He shut them all down. His agencies have been waging war on domestic production, and we've seen domestic production dropping and dropping and dropping. And bizarrely enough, Biden combines that 
with being the best thing that ever happened to Vladimir Putin and the best thing that ever happened to Iran and the best thing that ever happened to Venezuela. Last week, the Biden administration sent their officials to Venezuela saying they want to buy oil from Nicolas Maduro. They're in Vienna trying to negotiate a deal that they want to buy oil from the Ayatollah in Iran. And Biden last year waived sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline, which is what caused the invasion of Ukraine. Their policy just makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense, because why would you go buy oil from Maduro, a guy that you don't even... <laughs> I mean, literally, we look at Maduro right now, and we look at him, and we say that he's not even the legitimate elected leader of Venezuela. Why would you buy oil from a guy that you just that, that is sanctioned right now that's not the legitimate leader of a country so that you can stop buying oil from Russia when you could actually fix both problems by doing one simple thing, which is allowing us in this country to drill. Now, the White House has been getting hammered for this, but they do believe that you are so stupid that you will believe that the war in Ukraine is exactly what is happening right now. And the war in Ukraine is the reason why you're having high gas prices. You don't believe me? Energy Secretary again saying it today. The war in Ukraine. Give me even more determination to get this energy transition right. They are hell-bent on forcing you into that electric vehicle. Now, I I have a simple question for every one of you listening tonight. How many of you can afford right now with high inflation, with the economy, what's going on now, with interest rates rising, to just throw down fifty to $75,000 on a car? That, by the way, is not going to save you any money in the short term anyway. Because you're going to be paying to fill up that car with the electricity that's coming from fossil fuels when you plug it into your high-speed f- high charging station in your house, paying $0.34 cents a kilowatt hour. Doesn't matter because their ideology is an ideology that you submit to or you are punished. Insert the energy secretary. Listen to this. So for me, Putin's actions and the resolve of the Ukrainian people give me even more determination to get this energy transition right. You know, the truth is, I know this, the U.S. government has always partnered with the energy industry in times of need for over 100 years, over 120 years. The oil and gas industry has powered our nation and has gotten us to where we are today. And we are eternally grateful for that. And we want you to power this country for the next 100 years with zero carbon technologies. I think it's it's often um, hard to see history in the making when you're right at the middle of it. But I think that we are on the cusp of the most important transition that human society has ever seen. There it is. We are on the cusp of the most incredible moment that this society has ever seen. But we are on the cusp, the most important transition that human society has ever seen. And I hope we look back on 2022, she went on to say, as a year that the world took giant steps to improve energy security and to tackle climate change. If you don't think they're doing this on purpose, you're not paying attention. In other words, get your head out of your rear end and wake up, America. Because this is all being done on purpose. They are wanting you 
to feel the pain because they have an ideology of submit or be punished. And your punishment of these gas prices, your punishment is what it costs to buy goods and services. Your punishment is to be broke because none of these people that I've been playing for you and none of these people that are making these decisions, one, none of them are in electric vehicles right now. The president isn't in one. He's on Air Force One, the vice president, and once she's on a private plane, Air Force Two. They're getting in their huge SUVs, which are heavier because of their security needs, okay, and burn more fuel than any other SUV on the road. The energy secretary was driven to this speech and flew and on a plane that burned fossil fuels. None of these people, none of them, I, I, I don't know how many different ways to say this, None of them are going to suffer right now. Hell, they're probably figuring out ways to make money off of this. And that's why they laugh at your face. That's why they laugh and say gas prices, you're concerned and you're paying the pump even as it intensifies. Well, you wouldn't be feeling this if you would submit. Remember, back in May... Last year, here it is. Five, and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Uh- <laughs> That's right. If you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you. I go back to my basic question. How many poor Americans, how many Americans that voted for Joe Biden, voted for Joe Biden, and also when they voted for Joe Biden, they thought to themselves, you know what? When I vote for Joe Biden, I'm going to have to pay for a fifty dollars to $70,000 vehicle, but I'm excited and glad to do it because somehow that's going to be good for me. That's going to be good for my family. If I got a large family, when was the last time you saw a big old van that was a high, that was a electric vehicle? And you also notice something they're saying right now. They've moved on, my friends, from, hi- from, from hybrid vehicles. Oh, that's not an option anymore. You've got to drive a full electric vehicle. Screw your hybrid. Mayor Pete talked about last week, we're putting $50 billion on infrastructure where you can crisscross America, plugging in your car, sitting there, wasting one to three hours of your life, charging it every 240 miles. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back. 
It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And I'm going to play for you a clip here. I want to make this very clear. This is unedited. This is raw. It's real. It's not a spoof. This is not a joke. We just sent the Vice President of the United States of America to Poland, to Warsaw, right? To go figure out how we can stop the Russians from invading other countries outside of Ukraine. Because clearly this White House has already given up on Ukraine. Like, well, we can't even get them airplanes, right? We're playing, we're, playing, uh, we're playing checkers while the other guys are playing chess in Russia. We're trying to figure out how to get them airplanes through Poland, land them here, then hand them over. And no, we can't make that happen. The woman who went to go figure all this out, by the way. The woman who's second in line to the presidency. Sitting there in Poland and Warsaw, and this is what she had to say today. I, I, I either, either there's two options here. She's an idiot, or her speechwriter's an idiot, and she's too stupid to figure out where the hell she is in the world. Listen. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. And what is at stake at this very moment? Is it the northern flank or the eastern flank, Mr. Producer? Which one is it? Because there's a big difference, sweetheart. What is at stake this very moment are some of the guiding principles around the NATO alliance, and in particular, the issue and the importance of defending sovereignty and territorial integrity in this case of ukraine there it is and yeah and the we're we're right here i'm here standing here on that northern flank on the eastern flank talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank of our nato allies people ask me all the time ben why do you own a gun store this is why because i don't trust governments to protect and defend me This is why. This is exactly why all the people in Ukraine right now are wishing they had unlimited firepower, which they did not have before they started handing out guns to grandma and grandpa two weeks ago when they realized, holy crap, we need guns. These are the people that are running this country. This is exactly why I sell guns because Americans and people need to be able to protect and defend themselves because when the you-know-what hits a fan, this is the woman supposed to fix it. I am here standing here on the northern flank on the eastern flank talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our nato she doesn't even know where she is we're on the verge of world war three and what's at stake this very moment at are some of the guiding principles around the NATO alliance, alliance, as she put it, and I'm not sure if I'm on the northern flank or the eastern flank or talking about the eastern-northern flank. But by golly, I flew here, and I'm here, and I got here using fossil fuels. And the cars that drove me around are driving me around with fossil fuels, by golly. But you guys in America that are paying five, six dollars a gallon know this. Should have bought an electric car because I said so. That wraps up how screwed up this country is right now, and it only took them a year to do it. Imagine what they're going to do over the next three. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you like what I have to say, I'd love to keep up with you. You can send me a note on Getter, Twitter, Parler, Facebook. Grab my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast as well. We'll be right back.
Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. Uh, during the break, uh, we were talking about, uh, I was like, are you guys on Truth Social? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm on there. I just looked up, uh, I, uh, Richie V, he's, you know, Mr. Call Screener. You kind of looks like a terrorist. Like, or, or a hitman. Go, go look at his picture. I'm just saying. Kind of freaks me out. It really, he's laughing in the other room. You, it, 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 you, you're scary. We could cast you in a movie. No, he says he's just ready to go kill some Russians. All right, fair enough. By the way, if you want to, you know, as, as they continue to try to punish all of us with the ideology of punishment, if you don't own an electric car, and they're still obsessed with forcing you into buying that electric car, you may be asking yourself this question. Does Joe Biden own an electric vehicle? Now, we've seen Joe Biden in a Camaro. No, it was a Corvette. It was a Corvette. That's right. It was a Corvette when he was doing, like, one of the shows on TV, and he did this little thing with him, and I think it was Colin Powell and Jay Leno. So we know he's got that gas guzzler, right? Like, that's no problem. He's checkmarked that. Biggest plane in the world, check that. Big motor K with a bunch of big engines, check that. Any of electric, hell no. But does Biden even like have an electric vehicle in solidarity? We know he can afford it. We see, we know, we know how much money his family was making, right? With the, with the crime family under Hunter Biden and his brother. Like we've seen how much money they got actually, oddly enough, out of Ukraine and out of China. There are days when I just miss the way that the president says China. I miss those days. I miss waking up in the morning knowing I've got low gas prices, a mean tweet coming, and there's a good chance that Donald Trump's going to say China. I do miss it. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki asked if Biden owns an electric vehicle. Yeah, here's her answer. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm -hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presence of the United States. I, I love this. The answer is hell no. No, he's got a Corvette. It's got a huge engine in it, and he likes to suck gas. Right? But she's like, well, he drove one once. Mr. Producer, I drove a Vespa once. Doesn't mean I own one. It was on a vacation. We were in Mexico. It was easier than walking. 
And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give him. He drove one once. Well, hell, I've dri- I, I've flown a, a, a jet before. It doesn't mean that I can go get, sign up with the Blue Angels tomorrow. You moron. Model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presidents of the United States, current, and when they are no longer, typically are not doing a lot of driving. Yeah, they're not doing a lot of driving, so why don't you just shove it? It reminds me of, like, but I didn't inhale type of response, isn't it? Like, you know, Bill Clinton, did you smoke weed? I didn't inhale. (laughs) Do I own an electric car? Now I'm the president. I don't drive much. Just when you see me in my Corvette in Delaware, I drive them. I do drive some of them. Yes. But besides that, don't have to worry about it. Everything's cool. By the way, I've been t- I've been warning you. Don't don't wear a let's go Brandon mask. You'll get kicked off airplanes. A man was just kicked off a Delta flight for wearing a blank Joe Biden sweater. So the ugly sweaters, they won't let you do that either. That's not that's not an option. Okay. CNN also still, even with the absence of Jeff Zucker at the helm, is per now promoting White House talking points on quote quote, quote Putin price. Hikes, yes. Republicans act as though it's Biden who caused inflation, but apparently just in two weeks, all the inflation just happened out of nowhere because of Vladimir Putin. Everything for the last year wasn't really happening, folks. It's all Putin's fault. A new inflation report from the federal government today shows the consumer price index up 7.9% over the last year. That's an increase that we have not seen in 40 years since January of 1982. Prices for food and housing up dramatically, not to mention record high energy costs, which have only gone up since Russia invaded Ukraine. President Biden blames Putin, saying, quote, today's inflation report is a reminder that Americans' budgets are being stretched by price increases and families are starting to feel the impact of Putin's price hike. A large contributor to inflation this month was an increase in gas and energy prices as markets reacted to Putin's aggressive actions. CNN Global Economics. There it is. Yes, it's all it's all Putin's fault. I mean, so was there any inflation before he invaded? Yeah. Was it actually hitting 40 year highs before Putin invaded? Yes. And over the past 12 months, we're at 7.9, which is a 12 month average. Yes. So Camerado just flat out lied to you. Camerano's exact quote. Okay, so you, as you probably know, many politicians act as though it's President Biden who caused inflation and that he can fix this. Can he do something about it? Let's bring in our expert to push this propaganda on the American people. Ready, set, go. Analyst Rana Fruhar joins us now. Rana, great to have you here. Okay, so as you probably know, many politicians act as though... It's President Biden who caused inflation and that he can fix this. Yes, let's laugh that off, right? Because it's a 12-month average and we invaded two weeks ago. Uh, all this has to be the fault of Putin. None of this can be Joe Biden's fault. Can he do something about it? Well, he- I, I also love the incompetency now of, of just the media. Like, I used to have to work with these people. And they're not as dumb as they're playing this on TV. I, I do want to make that very clear. All right. I had to deal with Allison Camerano and debate her for seven long years when I was a conservative fighting the good fight over at CNN. They're not this dumb, folks. I, I, I want you to understand that. They are not this stupid. But this is the only way they know how to defend Joe Biden. And over and over again, you hear right now, Joe Biden's default 
uh, and what he keeps going to, right? Over and over again, what he keeps going to is, well, I can't control everything. I can't control Putin. I can't control gas prices. I can't control the economy. I can't control inflation. Then, then, then why are you the president? If you can't do anything that you ran on, you ran on doing all of these things. And then when, it's the, when you start enacting your policies and they turn into disasters and you, then you're like, well, I can't do it. I can't do any of these things that I'm telling you I need to do that, you know, that, well, it's all I have. It's like he says he has no power. And then the media's like, all right, we'll go with that plan. Let's see how this works. I mean, the energy secretary, Graham Holm, pleads with fossil fuel executives to up production in private, but in public tells you to go buy a car that you can't afford. Let's not overlook that. Let me go back to when she was on Bloomberg. When the, uh, Bloomberg asked her when gas was two eighty nine a gallon, okay, last year, about what they were going to do to get prices under control. This was a year ago at two eighty nine, and this was her response then. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. That tells you everything you need to know. She was laughing because there is no plan. There has never been a plan by Granholm to, to, to do any of this, to fix this. They needed these prices to go up. The conversation around Granholm's viral moment comes that the average price of a gallon of gasoline is now at $4.38 a gallon compared to two eighty one a gallon at the same time last year when she was laughing and saying she doesn't have a plan. Two-thirds of Americans said gas prices were already too expensive even when the national average hit $3.50 a gallon a few weeks ago. Over half of motorists, 59%, admit that the price, if the price hit $4 a gallon, they would make changes to their driving habits or lifestyle. And that's exactly what this is about. If prices continue in this direction, reaching $5 a gallon, three-quarters of motorists surveyed admit they would have to alter their lifestyles, how they live. For instance, the natural, national average for a gallon of regular gasoline now in California is almost $6 a gallon. And the Biden administration says, good. We have no plan to stop this. We refuse to commit to increasing oil production in the United States to help alleviate gas prices, as well as dismissing every argument from anybody, including the oil experts, that reviving the Keystone XL pipeline, which Biden halted right after he got into office, is part of the solution to easing the pain at the pump. As Biden said to reporters, it's going to go up, folks. Can't do much right now. Russia is responsible. So that is everything now at this White House. Blame Russia. Blame Russia for everything. Jen Psaki said it would take too long to build the Keystone Pipeline. We should just invest in clean energy. Don't forget. Just two weeks ago, she said this about the Keystone Pipeline. You just said that, you know, less supply raises prices. It's not in our strategic interest to reduce the supply. We also know, you know, the president as recently as yesterday talked about increasing domestic manufacturing to bring down prices on uh, inflated items like goods. So why not apply the same logic to energy and increase domestic production here? Well, there are 9,000 approved oil leases that the oil companies are not tapping into currently. So I would ask them that question. 
Is there nothing that the administration can do to get those providers back to pre-pandemic levels? Do you think the oil companies don't have enough money to drill on the places that have been pre-approved? Just asking. I would, I would point that question to them, and we can talk about it more tomorrow when you learn more. Do you think that opening the Keystone Pipeline and having more energy-friendly policies might do that? The Keystone Pipeline has never been operational. It would take years for that to have any impact. I know a number of members of Congress have suggested that, but that is a proposed solution that has no relationship or would have no impact on what the problem is. We hear all agree is an issue. You, you notice this, right, the trend here? This isn't a problem, $5, $6 gallon gas. This is an opportunity. They wanted this, folks, and they want you to be punished until you submit to their way of life. That is it. That's the whole ballgame for them. This is a huge, massive opportunity that they've been waiting for since 2008. In 2008, we had the last time the gas prices were this close to this high, right? That was all-time record, no eight. And what happened in 2008? You had an energy secretary then that was on the record saying, we need gas prices to skyrocket so that Americans will be forced, at that point, they said, into hybrid vehicles. Notice, no one's talking about hybrid vehicles in this administration. No, they've moved straight past that technology. It's electric full-on, folks. It's an electric vehicle, plain and simple. That's what they want you to go to. You need to go to an electric vehicle. And if you don't go to electric vehicle, you're the worst person in the world. So you're going to be punished because they have an ideology of punishing those that do not submit. 1-877-381-3811. I put up a, a picture that someone sent me on, on Truth Social. You can follow me, Ben Ferguson Podcast there on Truth. Put it up on Getter as well. It says uh, somebody had a, a, a car, and on the back window it said, if you voted for Biden, follow me to the pump, you're paying. Amen to that. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. It's nice to have you with us. And the energy secretary is pretty much telling you, deal with it. Gasoline prices year over year increase 38%. Electricity up 9%. U.S. cars and trucks up 41%. Biden said today's inflation report is a reminder that Americans' budgets are being stretched by price increases and families are 
starting to feel the impacts of Putin's price hikes. A large contributor to inflation this month was increasing gas and energy prices. Markets reacted to Putin's aggressive action. So everything that's been happening right now, not our fault. Okay, so these are February's numbers, and they only include a small amount of the Russian effect. This is Biden's inflation, and he does need to own it. We're talking like a couple of weeks of Putin is in this report. Not even a couple of weeks. Let me rephrase that. Like six days of these numbers are actually Putin numbers. So the other 300 in 60 days or 59 days are just Biden. But let's just go with it, right? The media sure as hell is willing to go with it. Wow, this is Putin's fault. It's all Putin. That Putin guy really screwed everything up for us. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, a huge part of what, we, what we've done has had an impact already on inflation. You can say that again. Is there something you want to point to that's what the White House is doing to provide short-term relief, like immediate relief to the rising costs? I would say that a huge part of what we've done has provided, has had an impact already. What is it? Tell me what that is then, please. I want to know. What has had a huge impact? A huge part of what we've done has had an impact already on inflation. What is it? Can you point to it? Can you give me one thing? No. Well, okay, we'll just keep blaming Putin and maybe you guys are so stupid you'll buy it. This is why the world is taking advantage of us right now. This is the exact reason why. Because they're realizing how dumb the CNN immediately promoting the White House talking points. Putin's price hike. You know, this is this is all their fault. Vladimir Putin did this. Biden owned an electric vehicle. No, he doesn't. Well, we won't answer the question, but obviously we know that if he did, they would have answered that question. Right. So we know he doesn't. Jen Psaki was also said, hey, I was also asked a question. Hey, is the president going to meet with the oil industry at any point when we're having the highest prices in the history of the United States of America? Well, the oil and gas, I have nothing to preview or predict for you in terms of him hosting uh, oil company executives. Is he open to that? I don't have anything planned on the schedule for that front. So we have a crisis and the president refuses to meet with the oil industry. Why? Because they have an ideology of punishment. This is not a problem. This is an opportunity. This is a crisis that they have wanted since the day they got into office. And the best part is they've got a guy they can blame for the crisis, and it doesn't have to be them. They also want you to know, well, don't worry. High gas prices will be temporary and not long-lasting. Says who? How can you guarantee that to the American people? Regular basis. But in terms of prices going up, we do anticipate that gas prices and energy prices will go up. That is something that the president has conveyed very clearly to the American public. Well, I love that, right? So, so well, hold on. The president's been very clear. Gas prices are going to go up. You, you want a gold star for that? We also believe it will be temporary and not long-lasting. Okay. When is it going to come down, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki? Because let me remind you of what our energy secretary has said about this. The energy secretary was asked, what is your plan to bring down these prices? And her response was full-blown cackling, almost on the level of Kamala Harris. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is hilarious. 
That is hilarious, folks. Hilarious. You think we got a plan? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's our plan for you, America. Screw you. Go spend all your money on fossil fuels, and then some point you'll finally submit to our wishes, which is an electric vehicle. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Nice to be with you. Uh, I just got some new video that came in. And rarely does something make my stomach churn, but I was watching the bodies of Ukrainians be thrown into mass graves. And if you've got kids, your calculus changes. When you look at the kids that have been killed, you look at the maternity ward that was hit, you look at the children's hospital that's been hit, and you see that they're now having to dig trenches for mass graves and dropping the bodies in those graves. It just makes you, if you're a human, if you have a soul, wonder why are we screwing around right now? Let me explain what I mean by that. I'm not in favor of sending our men and women into Ukraine. I am in favor of giving them whatever they need to protect and defend themselves because clearly these people are willing to fight. They're willing to take up arms. They're willing to, d- to die. You, you look at what is happening because of this war. And this administration is trying to push their policies on you, telling you to go get an electric vehicle and you wouldn't be having the stresses that you're having right now. They want you to believe that inflation and the disaster, which is the economy they've created, which over the past 12 months we see the consumer price index up 7.9%. They want you to believe, though, that this is somehow Putin's price hike. That's what the White House called it today. Again, and, and totally stupid because less than, I think, five days of the total data in the last 12 months had the invasion of Russia in it. And then you got people like Harris who heads over to Warsaw and she sits there and she says stupid things like she said today. These are the people they are supposed to be in charge of trying to stop the Russians from, from not just taking over Ukraine, but clearly, I think, in a manifest destiny move, Vladimir Putin wants to take over every country that was a part of the USSR. You know, and then Harris stands there. She didn't even know where she's standing. She says, I'm standing here. She doesn't know if she's on the northern flank or the eastern flank. She doesn't know what she's even talking about. I am here, standing here on the northern flank on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. She has no idea. That's the woman we sent. Why is the president not there? I have no idea. I have no idea why the president's not there. 
Maybe it's he's incapacitated. Maybe he can't handle the flight. Maybe he can't handle the pressure. Maybe he can't handle the press. The, 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 the stress of all of this. You know, you see how they bungled even the basic things like planes. We should give them the planes. I remember Charlie Wilson's War. If you didn't watch the movie, you should. It's a reminder of these soulless people in Russia. These people in Russia, and I'm talking about Putin, and I'm talking about the people in the military that are killing people for sport now, committing genocide, committing war crimes. Our president won't even call them war crimes yet. You've noticed that, right? Putin is shedding innocent blood across the entire nation of Ukraine. These are war crimes, and our president will not call them war crimes. You have to ask yourself at some point why. These people are asking for planes, and we're the ones saying no to the planes because we're afraid that may escalate things. How much more can things escalate? And I mean that sincerely. He's already threatened nuclear war. You're not dealing with a sane human being. And if you go back and look at history, I I would encourage all of you. I, I did a really interesting deep dive into the rise of Vladimir Putin. And I'll give you a quick overview of it so that you understand just how evil this man is. But I did a deep dive into Vladimir Putin, and I did a whole entire podcast on it. Grab it. If you, if you listen to podcasts, go back. It was like three or four days ago. Just wherever you get your podcast, put in Ben Ferguson podcast, go back and, and grab it. A lot of people don't know this, and this is a very quick overview. Vladimir Putin came to power in 1999 by killing his own people. He needed something to make him look like he was a leader of great Russia. Russia was down in the dumps at that point. They had a low self-esteem as a nation. They had lost the USSR, right? Communism had crumbled. This guy's a KGB guy. No one really knows who he is. Boris Yeltsin's walking around drunk all the time, drunk in meetings, drunk on TV, They'd they'd really just hit kind of rock bottom. You'd get them with Chernobyl and all those other things that they have. And Vladimir Putin saw an opportunity. And what he did was, is he worked with the new KGP and blew up apartment buildings on the border. Blew them up with military-grade weaponry, explosives that only the Russian government had. And then he blamed it on the Chechens. Now, he understood that war is good for Russia, right? If you're a leader, war is good because you can get the people behind you and they solidify behind you. And so then this apartment building blows up that actually had Russian border guards living in it. Then another apartment complex was blown up with military-grade explosives, the same type of explosive. Then another one blew up. And then there was another one that they were trying to blow up, but it was foiled by people that were watching. And then they found out it was actually policemen that were planting the bombs that were involved with, you guessed it, Vladimir Putin. Then there were journalists that started to expose us. What happened to them? They killed one of them in London using some sort of like cyanide in a drink. Another one was offed in the elevator of their apartment complex. Vladimir Putin killed his own people to gain power in 1999. And and there's so many people that don't know that story. I I, I did the whole 45-minute episode just on that so you understand the calculus. Now, something has changed, I truly believe, with Vladimir Putin. Something, just two weeks ago, I was was, uh, in Florida, in Orlando, at CPAC, speaking in CPAC. And Mark and I were talking about this. 
Something is different this time with Vladimir Putin. I don't know if he's got some sort of health condition that has changed his viewpoint. I, I don't know. I want to make that clear. I'm, I'm 100% speculating. But the way that he's going about this in this manifest destiny type move where it's very clear that Ukraine is not the end game here. It's the beginning of this war. And he realizes that America is not going to stop him. And he realizes that, that while he is committing war crimes, our president is so weak that we won't even call them war crimes, much less stand up to him. When, when, when the guys who are being slaughtered are just asking us for planes, it reminds me, I mentioned this a moment ago, and I, I didn't finish the thought, but Charlie Wilson's War, if you never watch that movie, go back and watch it. There's a moment in there where Charlie Wilson is, in, is infuriated at the fact that we are not actually trying to beat the Russians with a covert war using the Mujahideen. And he says, what do these guys need to shoot down the helicopters? Referring to the Russian helicopters. And they're like, well, a, a sudden influx of, of money or, or weaponry might change things. And, and we don't want anybody to notice that is what our CIA guy said at the, to the station chief said to him at the time. And he goes back to Washington. He's, he's, he's enraged. At what is nothing no different than the genocide we're seeing in Ukraine right now. What was happening to the people in Afghanistan. And he's like, what do they need to shoot down the helicopters? And then all of a sudden, he finally got it done. We had a covert war on our hands. And we allowed the, 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 the Mujahideen to start shooting down the Russian helicopters. And that's how they beat the Russians. We gave them the weaponry they needed. Well, this is no different than what's happening in Ukraine right now. They're saying, just give us the weaponry, give us the coordinates, give us, give us some, some help in those capacities. Now, we can do covert, but they don't want to right now. And you have to ask yourself a question, why? Why do they not want us to do a covert operation right now? Why do they not want to really help these people? Why is it that we didn't give them what we knew they needed before Vladimir Putin invaded? Why didn't we put sanctions on Russia when they started amassing their troops on the border and say, if you don't move your troops, it's going to get worse? Why didn't we do that? Why did we wait so long to put embargoes on oil? Why did we wait so long for NATO to have a plan? Why did we wait so long to ask, hey, if they do invade, do you have the airplanes needed? Why are we still stopping the sale of airplanes through Poland to Ukraine? Because at some point, everybody's going to understand that Vladimir Putin is not stopping. Okay, Vladimir Putin is not stopping in, in Ukraine. Something in his calculus has changed. I don't know what that is, what the reasoning is. And at this point, I don't really care if it's his health. I don't care what, what, what the issue is, the causes. I care about the effect, and I care about the fact that we're sitting here right now, and we are watching this happen. And we're seeing innocent women and children die, and the people on the ground there are still willing to fight, and we're just not helping. Name one time in history where a genuine mad man, okay, stopped on his own. Right now, I think it's very clear that Vladimir Putin is a madman. I think it's obvious that the Cold War is, is, is now again. And this guy has said, screw it, I'm on, I'm on the run, I'm going. And I know the moment that he decided to do this. I do know that. I know the moment. The moment that he decided to do this was the moment he witnessed American troops on a tarmac taking orders from the Taliban. 
The moment he decided to do this is when he saw that Americans wouldn't, that this president wouldn't allow our Americans to go 60 feet or 60 yards to go save American lives and our allies' lives who helped us in Afghanistan. And we left people behind to be butchered because our president wanted out of Afghanistan on an on on arbitrary anniversary so he could say, look what I did. Make no mistake about it. That's when he decided to do this. He understood that we wouldn't go 60 feet for Americans. We're not going to go to war to stop him. Look at Stalin. Look at Mussolini. Look at Hitler. Go back. Look at, look at any madman. They don't just stop on their own. Look at Gaddafi. Okay, look at Saddam. They don't stop on their own, folks. They don't just wake up one day and they go, you know what, maybe peace is the better way to do this. That doesn't happen. And we're sitting here and we're playing checkers and they're playing chess. You know, today I was, in, I was ashamed of the leadership of this country. I was ashamed of our State Department spokesman, the State Department in the White House, because they actually went on TV and they actually said Ukraine doesn't need planes from Poland to fight Russia. Have you not seen the mass graves? They clearly do. And they go on TV with a straight face. They went on MSNBC Today. And they looked at the, and they had an eight-minute conversation. And in that conversation... That he actually said, as Russia is pounding Ukraine, as the war is entering the third week, and as they are digging trenches and dropping bodies into mass graves, the State Department looked into the camera, into the eyes of the world, which include Putin, and said, they don't need planes. Zelensky's been begging for those planes. They need the planes. No, we've decided they don't need them. Whose side are you on at this point, State Department? Whose side are you on, DOJ? Or DOD, I should say. Whose side are you on, President of the United States of America, Joe Biden? State Department spokesman Ned Price. And Ned, I don't know how much of that you were able to catch. But look, her point is, and you've heard this before um, from the Ukrainian president, you have the threat on the ground. You see yesterday the horror of people being brought out of a maternity hospital bloodied. We know at least one child died, others died. She's also talking about the very real possibility that seems more urgent than it did two weeks ago when this war started, about a nuclear threat, about a chemical weapons threat. By the way, that's a new thing. They're, they're talking about they're worried that chemical weapons could be next. Somebody has to stop the madman. And these people are willing to fight right now and we're not giving them what they need to fight him? That's on Joe Biden. You can't blame Putin for that. That's on our president. That's on the NATO allies. That's on us for being morons and electing this guy. But it's obvious right now. It is so clear right now that they could use these airplanes. And we're sitting here going, well, we can't really decide where to, how to send them, how to get them. Do we land them in this country and then they pick them up? And does that escalate things? Do you really think that Vladimir Putin gives a crap about where the airplanes come from? He's already declared war on us. He's already, he is already at war with America right now. Look at the cyber attacks. They're at war with us. We just don't understand it. 
or we don't want to admit it. We're sitting here talking about logistics, and he's actually killing so many people. They've now started mass graves. And this president's doing not a damn thing to help save these people who are willing to fight for themselves, by the way. this is They're not asking for us to hurry up and show up. Zelensky's not begging for U.S. troops. He's not said that one time. Not one time has Zelensky said, please, America, get in the war with us and send American troops. He's just saying, give me what I need to defend my country, and we're saying no. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. He said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. All right, welcome back. It is the um, Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. And if you just join us, we are talking about what's happening in Ukraine and also the new strategy by the White House to blame everything on Vladimir Putin, uh, including inflation. They're now calling it Putinflation. Yeah, even though uh, the new inflation numbers, which have showed inflation skyrocketing yet again to a 40-year new high, the same thing that's happening with oil and gas prices. And they're trying to say it's all Putin's fault. It's clearly not. Now we've got Kamala Harris in Europe trying to gonna apparently fix everything in Warsaw. We didn't send our best. I think that's pretty clear. We sent the, one of the worst people you could send. We have mass graves that are being used in Ukraine right now to bury the dead. And we have Harris, who doesn't even know if she's standing on the northern flank or the eastern flank or talking about the eastern flank and the northern flank. I played you that clip earlier. But even worse than that, we now have a government that is refusing to help the people that are actually willing to fight. They need planes to fight the Russians. Now, I understand that people are afraid of us getting drug into a conflict. But name one time in history where the madman just woke up one morning and said, you know what, I'm probably not acting the right way. I should stop. Vladimir Putin has turned into a madman. He's always been a madman, but now he's acting out on it. Something's changed with him. The idea that we should be playing defense against him and being worried that we shouldn't send planes is insane. Send the damn planes. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. He said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. 
Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. And uh, just, again, I ask a basic question tonight. When was the last time a true madman ever stopped on his own? You know, there's this whole debate. and and, And I, you know, there's some that are you know, anti-war at all costs. There are others that are realists that understand that sometimes you, you do have to help stop evil. There are people that have been saying, well, Zelensky's not a good guy either, so stop acting like Zelensky's a good guy. I, I didn't I, I didn't say Zelensky's a good guy, but Zelensky isn't invading other countries and killing children and women. I'm not saying he's perfect, but if he's fighting the Russians, I, I know what the Russians are. And I know what the intent is of Vladimir Putin is to put the USSR back together. I know that. Why are we not giving him the helicopters? Why are we not giving him the airplanes needed to protect and defend their country? I know there's corruption, but there's corruption in almost every nation that used to be a part of Russia. Does that mean that we let them all fall and go back in the hands of Vladimir Putin? Is that what we're going to do now? And if you think Putin's going to stop, you're, you're, you're stupid and naive. Vladimir Putin, they're now talking about their concern about chemical warfare. And what happens if that happens, right? Well, it was a question that was asked of our prestigious vice president, the leader of the, you know, the number two in command. Is she supposed to be fixing all these problems over in Warsaw when she doesn't even know where she is? She was asked about that. And here's what it sounded like. Listen. Would chemical weapons be a red line? Over and over again. Did she answer the question? No. Nope, she didn't. Let's go back to the State Department. Ukraine doesn't need planes from Poland to fight the Russians. Okay. Has anyone ever beaten the Russians without airplanes? Has anyone ever won a war in modern warfare without having airplanes? Has a smaller country ever been able to protect itself from bigger countries without airplanes? Russia is bombing Ukrainian maternity hospitals, and we're having a conversation about, well, do we get in the airplanes? Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. That could make Vladimir Putin mad. Who gives a crap if Vladimir Putin is mad? He's already insane. She is asking the question, why aren't we doing more? Why aren't we doing the no-fly zone? And if not that, why not at least more jets? And and by the way, I'm totally okay with saying no to a no-fly zone. Right? I do think that that changes the calculus and changes our involvement. I want to be clear. I'm not advocating for us getting in a war. 
But giving them airplanes is no different than giving them arms. We're sending weaponry right now that's being used to blow up Russian tanks. So if you think that you, you really think Vladimir Putin's standing around going, well, I understand that's okay. We'll accept that from America. Oh, but they gave him an airplane. Nope, that changes our calculus. Now we're going to nuke him. Vladimir Putin's not going to distinguish between our military, our, our, you know, aid that package that we're sending them of arms and airplanes. I promise you. But listen to this dummy at the State Department. First of all, the scenes that you've referred to, including the strike yesterday in Mariupol against the maternity hospital, uh, look, they are abhorrent, they're despicable, uh, they're shocking. Uh, unfortunately, they have become uh, par for Mr. Putin's playbook. Uh, so that is why. So, by the way, why then why won't you, why won't the State Department, why won't the President of the United States of America call these war crimes? Are you also afraid that that's going to irritate Vladimir Putin if you call war crimes war crimes, right? You're saying it's all too common. We're seeing these pictures. Why won't you call them war crimes? At every turn, uh, we have sought to be responsive uh, to the needs of uh, Ukraine uh, and to be responsive to what we hear from President Zelensky, from what we hear from uh, Foreign Minister Kuleba, uh, with whom Secretary Blinken met uh, just the other day inside Ukrainian territory. That's precisely why over the past over the course of the past year, we've provided more than a billion dollars worth of security assistance, more than two hundred and fifty million dollars in recent days alone. And we're going to do more uh, with Thanks to Congress, we will uh, soon, we expect, have uh, more than $13 billion uh, to work with, about half of which, uh, which will uh, provide Ukraine the defensive security assistance it needs. Uh, When it comes to the planes, though, the challenge is that the threat Ukraine faces is better designed uh, for uh, surface-to-air systems. Uh, These are systems that uh, we have provided to Ukraine in the past, and the Department of Defense is looking into options uh, to provide additional such systems uh, so that our Ukrainian partners can uh, be more effective uh, in taking on the precise threats uh, that we're seeing wreak such havoc, wreak such destruction uh, across Ukraine right now. But clearly you know, Ned, that that the president of Ukraine disagrees with that analysis. I love this, by the way. You know that when the sanest person in the room is a hardcore lefty at MSNBC challenging the State Department that we have gone to a bad place in American history. She's even pushing back like you guys can't tell me they don't need the airplanes when the President Zelensky is begging for the airplanes. He believes it's something he needs and in fact I want to play for you his response to what the U.S. has said about why it can't do some of the things he's asking for. Take a listen. So it would be worse for whom? For our families? No. For whom? For them? Uh, no. Who knows? Nobody knows. Uh, but, but we know exactly that now is very bad. And in future it will be too late. And believe me, believe me, if, it, if it's prolonged uh, this way, yes, you will see. They will close the sky. But we'll lose millions of people. We will. He's right. You know, there's been a a big debate among conservatives. And there's been this idea. I I, I don't remember who it was. It was a congressman that was talking about uh, called Zelensky a thug. Call him a thug, okay? But this dude now, is he's not talking politics anymore, folks. 
Zelensky is willing to die and even saying, I'm not leaving. We, we, we went to send him an airplane to get him out. And he said, don't send me an airplane, send me arms. This dude's willing to fight the Russians. He's not asking for us to fight the Russians. He's just asking us to help him fight the Russians. And you've got these, you know, uh, there's two different mindsets here. Among the conservative, quote, movement. And I I am, I want to make it very clear where I stand on this tonight. Not in favor of seeing American men and women into harm's way in Ukraine. But I'm not dumb enough to believe that Vladimir Putin's going to just stop there. I'm not dumb enough to believe that this madman's going to stop on his own. Something has changed in Vladimir Putin's calculus, and it's not good for the world. He's not acting like the Vladimir Putin that, that we've even known since 1999. And I go back, and I'll say it again. If you want to know who Vladimir Putin is, and you want to know how evil he is, you need to listen to how he got his power in 1999. I... I Please go listen to that one podcast I did. He killed his own people. And he said that it was the Chechens that did it because he wanted to then go and get into a war with Chechnya so that he could unite the Russian people behind him and move up an election date so that he could win the election. He killed his own border guards. He blew up the apartment buildings of innocent Russian men, women, and children. Just to gain power, if you'll do that to your own, do you really think he's going to stop in Ukraine? Madmen don't wake up and stop on their own. It's going to take. It's just like a bad guy with a gun. Gun-free zones don't work the moment that a bad guy with a gun shows up. And there's this idea right now that America, by 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 some conservative friends of mine, and I disagree with them on this, and I want to make it clear where I stand. They're like, well, Zelensky's a bad dude. So let them, whatever they want to do, just let them deal with it. They'll figure it out. A bunch of people are going to die. That's on them. Let them deal with it. You're right. Zelensky, I've heard people say Zelensky's a thug. This problem's not going to fix itself. Okay? It's not going to fix itself. And the sooner we realize that we are going to be in this fight one way or another, and it may be six months from now, it may be after chemical weapons are used, it may be after a nuclear bomb goes off. I don't know. I hope not. But this idea that we shouldn't be helping the people that are standing up to Russia while Russia is coming in and trying to kill them is just stupid. It is completely and utterly stupid. And that's exactly why Putin is taking advantage of us, because we are weak, and he knows it. We won't even call what he's doing war crimes. There's no serious situation that she can't make worse with her cackle. That's how CBS News put it, with the Vice President Harris in Warsaw today. We're not serious about protecting our interests against Russia. We're not. And the proof of it is her. I'd like to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees. 
And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, so this time. She's laughing, y'all. This is our Vice President of the United States of America laughing. This is apparently funny. This is something that's a joke to her. This is the people that we have in charge of our foreign policy. I want to get to your phone calls. And I hope all this is setting in. I hope all of you listening understand the gravity of the situation right now and what we are headed towards. We can call it whatever we want to, but Vladimir Putin is calling it what it is. He's threatening nuclear war. He's going after Ukraine. And it's very clear he's not stopping there. And it's going to take somebody stopping him. I would rather arm the people to stop him in Ukraine than it be another country in NATO and then a no-fly zone. And then we have an escalation. And we have chemical weapons involved and maybe even nuclear weapons. Another Ukrainian hospital, we've been told in the last half hour, has been hit by Russia. This man has no soul. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. Senator Cardin, Democrat, was just on CNN talking about <laughs> the fact that Vladimir Putin has committed war crimes, and he believes they are war crimes. He believes they should be held accountable, even though the White House refuses to call them war crimes because we're so afraid of Putin right now. We won't even call war crimes war crimes. And this tells you, I think the Democrats are even getting sick and tired of this president. Listen to this. Are you concerned, is the U.S. prepared for retaliation from Russia? Russia has called those economic sanctions, in effect, uh, a war, declaration of war on Russia. And what might that retaliation, what form might it take? Well, Russia as an economic force, what they can do to affect our economy is minimal. They can have some impact. But it's minimal impact. So we're not that concerned about that in regards to oil. We can produce enough oil for our own country. We don't need to be that concerned about the the Russian source for oil. Uh, 
As regards uh, potential aggressive action, such as cyber, et cetera, mm -hmm. uh, we are yep. fully uh, on alert to make sure that we defend ourselves and take appropriate action in the event that Russia uh, tries to, to do that type of a warfare against us. The vice president today walked right up to the line of calling Russia's attacks here in Ukraine war crimes. She called them atrocities. Uh, I wonder, is there a red line, should there be, in your view, for Russian attacks in this country where the U.S. would say, this is too much, this shall not stand, we're going to stop these attacks and intervene directly? Well, Jim, first of all, Russia has uh, has crossed so many red lines, Mr. Putin has, in regards to violating international norms and laws. He must be held accountable for his war crimes. He has committed war crimes, and he should be held fully accountable. We saw that uh, happen after World War II. We said we never allow atrocities to occur again, and we have. Yeah. And here you have a major country uh, clearly crossing the line of what is acceptable. He, he needs to be held accountable. I, I hope we hold him accountable at The Hague for, 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 uh, for war crimes. Uh, we've got to make sure that our uh, help to Ukraine is smart, that we give them everything that they need. Well, we're not. We're not giving them everything that they need. I mean, I, I appreciate Senator Ben Cardin, Democrat on the Foreign Relations Committee, being honest about Vladimir Putin. Being more honest, certainly, than the President of the United States of America is being right now, refusing to say that there's any red line. And, and I don't want them to say there's a red line if they're not going to do anything to stop Vladimir Putin. All right, I do want to make that very clear. I don't want them to say there's a red line if there isn't really a red line, because we saw what happened with Assad in Syria. It in, it, all it does is embolden your enemies. When, when, when Barack Obama said there's a thin red line, with chemical weapons being used, and then chemical weapons were used in Syria, and we didn't do a damn thing. But at some point, somebody's going to have to stop this guy. At some point, Vladimir Putin is going to have to be stopped, whether you want to, whether people want to admit it or not. One eight seven seven. 381-3811. Let me get to a phone call real quick. Let me go to Barry Line 6 in Florida. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi, Ben. Uh, I'm a retired teacher, and I can always, uh, I, can, I just want to let you know, we know what's been going on since the first two days that this guy in the White House, uh, you know, uh, promulgated his edicts and destroyed our oil. But we have now some history lessons. We have, uh, why didn't Biden do any of this? He just invited Russia to sit in and negotiate for us uh, with Iran and China on the JC, JPCOA uh, number two. Uh, he's going to he's going to accept uranium from. Well, uh, you, you're, here's the thing. I think your point you're making, Barry, and you're absolutely right. We're about to do an Iran uh, a nuclear deal just to get some oil from them because we don't want to get it from Russia because we are weak. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour three, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, and it is nice to have you with us tonight. So... We've got inflation. It's an all-time high. New inflation numbers came out. About four days uh, of the data actually came, not a joke, uh, during the invasion period of Ukraine. And now the White House is calling it Putinflation. CNN and the other networks are immediately jumping all over this, right? Uh, If gas prices are too high for you, the administration wants you to know that you can just buy an electric car. That's all you got to do, just... Buy an electric car. And then there's the other part. This administration, I think, sees very clearly that there is a opportunity here for ideological punishment of those who disagree with Democrats with a soaring price of gas. And that means they want to take away your freedom to choose what you can drive. They want to price you out of it. They want it to hurt. Something else weird that's happening right now. Reuters is now, <laughs> leave it to social media to figure out how to screw this up. Reuters is now reporting that Facebook is temporarily allowing posts, ready for this, on Ukraine war calling for violence against invading Russians or Putin's death. Temporarily allowing it. So I guess we're like pro-democracy right now, or freedom of speech, just, just temporarily and then we'll go back to normal. There's that, okay. Now, Senator, a Democrat, Ben Cardin, Foreign Relations Committee, has come out saying Putin committed war crimes and he should be held fully accountable for the war crimes he's committing. It's obvious he's committing war crimes, yet the only people that aren't calling it war crimes, it seems to be right now, are Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Iran, China, oh, and the United States of America. That's right. And if you think there's a plan, by the way, to help you out at the gas pump, there's not. Ladies and gentlemen, your U.S. Energy Secretary, here is her plan to help you with the rising prices of gas. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is hilarious. That's hilarious. Yes, there is no plan. So go grab that Vespa, buy that electric car, and know that you're saving the environment while the world is on fire. Now, there's another part of this, too, that we have to talk about, and that is 
what's happening now in Ukraine. I think it's pretty clear at this point we have decided to turn our backs on Ukraine. We're not really giving them what they need. We're not actually giving them the airplanes they need to fight. I'm not advocating. I want to make this clear. I am not advocating for American troops to get involved. What I do think is there's a bunch of people ready to fight and willing to fight the Russians. We might want to help them do it. State Department spokesman Price says Ukraine doesn't need planes. We've decided it. Now, Ukrainian people are begging for the planes. Their military is begging for the planes. The pilots are begging for the planes. Poland's saying they need the planes. But America says, nah, we don't. State Department spokesman Ned Ryan defending the U.S. opposing Poland's plan to transfer MiGs to Ukraine by arguing that Ukraine doesn't really need the planes to fight the Russians because the threat Ukraine faces is better designed for surface-to-air missile systems, which, by the way, we haven't given them enough of. Price said when it comes to the planes, though, the challenge is that the threat Ukraine faces is better designed for surface-to-air systems. There are systems that we have that we provide to Ukraine in the past, and the Department of Defense is looking into options to provide additional such systems to the Ukrainian partners so that Ukrainian partners can be more effective in taking on the precise threat that we're seeing wreak such havoc, wreak such destruction across Ukraine right now. Okay, so you guys that are digging the mass graves in Ukraine right now for your family members, just know we're working on it And we're looking into it and seeing what can be more effective. He added that the Department of Defense has concluded that that what Ukraine needs to take on the Russian assets that are causing such destruction, the missiles, the rockets, the artillery, are not planes. All right, so when you have a convoy of Russian tanks, you're telling me that a plane couldn't help take out that convoy of Russian tanks that's 40 miles long? Oh, no. No, no, no. Air support. Who needs that in modern war in 2022? Yeah, nobody needs that, right? Also, I mentioned the first hour, the second hour, I can't remember, tonight's been flying, that I did a podcast about the actual rise of Vladimir Putin so that you understand who we're dealing with. And I think it's really important people understand who Vladimir Putin is. I just put a post up on social media, put on Getter and and True Social and Facebook and Parler, all those places, right? Instagram, Twitter, etc. You need to understand who Putin is. And you need to understand that in 1999, he killed his own people to gain power in his country. He bombed his own apartment buildings and blamed it on the Chechens. So he could go to war with Chechnya and gain power in Russia so the Russian people would think he was some amazing leader. And then he changed the election day and moved it up so the opposition couldn't even stand a chance on election day so he could seize power. And he did it by killing his own people and including his own border guards that were wearing Russian uniforms. A lot of people don't know that story. It's one you need to hear because you need to know who this man is. You need to know what we're up against right now. I linked it up there. You can grab it. Ben Ferguson podcast. I, I encourage you at some point to listen to it. Because there's a whole lot of people that think they know what Putin is and who he is and what he is. And they really don't know. Because if you actually just look at Putin and listen to Putin and understand his history, you will understand who Putin is right now. And my point is, I don't believe that Vladimir Putin is going to stop in Ukraine. I don't, And I do believe that if we don't do more, he's going to take over Ukraine. There's no doubt about it. And there's going to be millions that die, and there's going to be more mass graves. 
Except the mass graves aren't going to be being trenched by the Ukrainians. They're going to be, well, they may be as their prisoners, as they become enslaved to the Russians. But they're probably going to be dug by Russians, and they're just going to dump the bodies in there. And they don't care about people, folks. They don't know that. That's why they're hitting the hospitals. That's why they're hitting the maternity wards. That's what evil, psychotic people do. There is nothing humane about Vladimir Putin. Nothing. one 381 3811 is the number. one 381 3811 Let me go to Lamar in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Good evening, uh, Mr. Ferguson. Before, I would like to preface my statement, if I may, with the declaration that we all consider Mark Levin a national treasure, and we admire him so, so much. I would like to remind you, though, that in the words of the great emancipator himself, Abraham Lincoln, if the nation falls, it will not fall because of enemies from without, but enemies within. The existential threat to the American people and their liberty is not in Moscow or Kiev or even Beijing. It is in Washington, D.C. People are talking about the removal of Vladimir Putin, a regime change in Moscow. What our people need is a regime change in Washington, D.C. If this man is allowed to remain in the awful office, the Oval Office for the complete four years, an unfolding tragedy will overcome this country. Please do not divert the attention of the American people from this great and undeniable truth. I, I, let, me, let me say this. I, I, I don't like Joe Biden. Okay, I don't think he's good for this country. But I also know that we have an election coming in midterms and we can do something significant to stop him. And then we have a presidential election after that in two years. We've got three years to deal with him. That's the reality of the situation. And there's been a lot of people saying, man, I wish we could just get, you know, I wish we could just get rid of him. I wish he'd retire, resign or quit or whatever. Remember, it's better to know the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And the devil I know, Joe Biden, is a hell of a lot better than, than, than Kamala Harris, who doesn't even know where she is in the world. Can you imagine dealing, can you imagine how much the world would take advantage of Kamala Harris? Do you really want Kamala Harris to become the president? I don't. I'll stick with Joe Biden. Second thing, I'm not calling for regime change in, in Russia, and let me explain why. That's I'm not one of those people. But there's a reason why. I want to isolate him. But the idea that somebody, you know, I've heard congressmen say and senators, who was it, Lindsey Graham the other day, that was saying, oh, wait, somebody ought to take him out and assassinate him in their own country. Do you have any idea how many warheads they have? Over 9,000 of them. They have more nuclear warheads than any other nation in the world. And we really don't know who would take over and control that country. What we do know is there'd probably be an all-out internal civil war and power grab if Putin went down. And imagine if one of those warheads gets into the wrong person's hands. I'm not calling for regime change. I am calling for isolation. I am calling for making sure that we stop this madman, and he is a madman. This is exactly how a guy by the name of Adolf Hitler got started. Well, we said, all right, if he only just takes over this one area, then if he stops there, we'll leave him alone. We said that, what, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago with Crimea. We said the same thing. Well, if he just stops in Crimea, all right, we'll let that stand. Kept buying his damn oil, kept making him famous, kept giving him money to make him powerful. 
And now we're saying the same damn thing. Well, if he just stops with Ukraine, then we'll, then maybe we can figure this out. He's not stopping with just Ukraine, folks. He's not. So I'm not calling for regime change. I'm calling for total isolation of Russia. And I do think that we should arm the people that are willing to fight him. Because it, eventually he's going to get, there will be a point where then we will be forced to get involved. And NATO is a great example of that. Tell me I'm wrong. No, sir, you are not wrong. But I would like to point out that there is no major power that will abide a nuclear armed or armed belligerent states on their frontier. In 1962, the great President John F. Kennedy informed Nikita Khrushchev of that when they attempted to place missiles 90 miles from our uh, Florida uh, border. Uh, had the grievances of this man been not disdained and taken seriously, he would not have made this military incursion. I think that is a reasonable statement to make. Oh, look, the moment he decided to invade was the moment he watched in real time, just like you and I did, that we were taking orders, the most powerful nation in the world, from the Taliban, and we were not going to get all of our people out of Afghanistan, and that we were not even going to go 60 feet to get out the people that were begging to get on our planes that we needed to get out of that country. That's when he decided, I can put the USSR back together. Now, I don't know if he's just gotten older and, and, and more cranky or insane. I don't know if it's a health issue. But what I do know is he has changed. The calculus behind what he is doing and how he is acting has changed. And we need to respect that and understand him and not just say, oh, I hate Putin. I, I, I'm not calling for regime change, Lamar. That's dangerous. I'm calling for isolation of the man. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin, one 381 3811. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Welcome back. It has been Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Nice to have you with us tonight. If you just join us, we are talking about uh, this idea that we should be sending American troops to Ukraine. I Number one, no. There's been people out there saying a bunch of Republicans are saying that. That's not true. Uh, I'm not in favor of a no-fly zone. I want to make that clear. I am in favor of giving them whatever they need to fight the Russians. And we're sitting here screwing around while people are dying. This administration, and I think part of it is because they understand how valuable this opportunity is for them to blame their domestic catastrophes with our economy and inflation and gas prices and lack of energy independence on Vladimir Putin. They're calling it Putinflation right now. They're, they're blaming everything on Vladimir Putin now. This is like the best gift you could have ever had for them. They're going to blame everything on Putin all the way through the midterms. This is their new get-out-of-jail-free card. Blame it on him why everything sucks here. If you're mad about it, 
Blame him for it. Now, we know that the new numbers of inflation came, came out. We know that only three or four days of it even counts a time when Russia had invaded Ukraine. But they're already doing it. One of the funniest things I heard today was, you know, Vice President Harris is in Poland trying to clean up the jet mess of us not giving the jets to the Ukraines to fight and protect themselves, right? They're wanting to fight them for themselves. Like, that's, that's pretty obvious, right? They're just asking for what they need to fight the Russians. And this was said earlier on Fox, and it made me laugh. Doesn't, what's he have, two weeks to surround the capital? Zelensky's in deep trouble if he can't hold these guys off soon. And it's, you know, they're going to starve him out, and then they're going to send in assassins. We don't have a lot of time. We have to do something more than we're doing right now. Well, you know, Dana, given the fact that she doesn't even have the, the ability to say, yes, we will accept refugees when she's in charge of the border, uh, <laughs> is, is really, it's stunning. I mean, she has the, like, the intellectual horsepower of a fourth grader. I mean, why? Intellectual horsepower of a fourth grader. Can't disagree with Judge Janine on that one. Right? I mean, the intellectual horsepower of a fourth grader. Don't worry, someone's going to call that racist, I promise, in the DNC. Just give them a couple hours to actually figure out what the horsepower of a fourth grader is, and then they'll come out and tell you that was a racist comment made by Judge Janine. I just get ready for it. It's going to happen. Let me get to your phone calls. one 381 3811 let me go to Tommy in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Hi. Hey, Ben. Uh, good job. Keep it up. Uh, Thank you, a couple sir. of points. Has Biden been uh, uh, using debilitating regulations and executive orders in order to help green new deals? Or is he complicit in helping the Russia and, and Iran and China? That's one concern. Um, the, the, uh, let's look at what the administration is doing now. It hurts America and helps other countries. I mean, I don't have all of the uh, examples, but we just gave a bunch of money. Over, we're planning to give a bunch of money to Iran, but can't we cancel the? He canceled the XL pipeline, added stifling uh, regulations, and then allowed Nord Stream two to be put online for, for Russia. You know, and regulating our oil industry and not taking any meetings from the oil industry's requests to work on reducing the regulations so they can reduce again. Um, uh, taking. Talking publicly, uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, hold on a second here, hold on. Oh, he, he uses misinformation to uh, super spin Saki, too. That's another problem. She was talking about the other night that, uh, you know, they have an ability to drill, and they really don't. They're, uh, they're, they're stifling. And then the other well, thing is... Well, tell me, look, all of this is about them trying to force you into submission. These policies, they want to inflict pain on you until you submit. No different than what they did during COVID. There's a consistency, their pattern. Much more coming up. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now 
at 877-381-3811. So you remember Jesse Smollett, you know, the guy that faked a hate crime on himself, tied a noose around his neck, and they didn't take it off till the police got there, like, it's still around my neck! Yeah, he's, he's going to go to jail for only 150 days for faking a hate crime. Remember, he paid his two friends, one of them I guess he hooked up with, had, you know, yeah, paid that dude to help him, like, faked it, and they even... Even did a a, a a walkthrough of the of the hate, fake hate crime, like they they, they practice it. I mean, it, it, and even then, they couldn't pull it off. Smollett gets 150 days. I wonder if a white dude would have tried to pull that off. Like, how many years would he have gotten? Because it wouldn't have been days. Must be nice to be, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Power. Put your fists in the air. And get 150 days for committing a fake hate crime. Must be nice, right? Remember, the media, of course, just ate it up. Oh, he was doing exclusive interviews on ABC and NBC and crying. And remember all that, right? Great acting. I mean, I'll give, I'll give him that. He's a pretty decent actor. 150 days. Don't tell me there isn't two different justice systems in America today. Let me get back to your phone calls. If you just joined us. Chatting about what's happening in Ukraine right now. And should America do everything they can to support the people willing to fight in Ukraine against the Russians? Or should we stay on this, you know, focused, you know, let's not do everything we can. Right. Let's 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 do the opposite of what we can do. You know, let's do the complete opposite of actually helping the people there. I mean, the Department of Defense has concluded, quote, the Ukrainians to take on the Russian assets that are causing the, such destruction, the missiles, the rockets, the artillery, not planes. We, no, 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 they don't need that. We'll figure it out eventually. We'll give them what they need after the country, like, is totally under the control of the Russians. This guy is not going to stop until somebody stops him. Mad men don't wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I should probably stop doing this. Eric, Fountain Hills, Arizona, line three. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi, Ben. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a a first-generation American of of Latvian immigrants. So this is really hitting me hard. And my question, or really my observation, is I don't understand why the U.S. is, is completely ignoring the Budapest Memorandum from 1994. Um, you know, where we and the U.K. and Russia signed on to the memorandum uh, to agree to not threaten using military force, economic coercion um, uh, against Ukraine in exchange for them giving up their nukes. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and, a, it's a part of history, and, and it's a great point, because I said this actually the other day to somebody. If I'm a smaller country and I have nuclear weapons, I don't give a crap what you say. I'm not giving them up. Because I don't trust America. I don't trust any of these uh, NATO. I don't trust anybody to get my back. And I can give you just look at look at where we are. You know, the other thing is, is I don't trust that the guy I'm making the deal with is going to be around to enforce the deal later on, which is exactly where Ukraine is right now. I would argue that Ukraine wouldn't be invaded right now if, it, if they still had their nuclear weapons. Absolutely. And, I mean, and we the- promised Ukraine. People need to understand this, right? And this is the reason why they wanted a NATO so badly. Because if you fight one NATO, in theory, it's on paper. Whether that paper means anything at this point anymore, I don't know, right? But, but NATO, um, 
if you're a member of NATO and you go into a NATO country, all of NATO comes to your, you know, to protect you. That's part of the reason why Vladimir Putin didn't want them to become a member of NATO. And it's also one of the reasons why many people didn't want Ukraine to become a NATO country because we didn't want to have to defend them if Russia decided to invade Ukraine. And, and so we got them to agree to get rid of their nuclear weapons, and then we let them, we hung them out to dry. That's what we did. Of course, That's, you know, who, you know, who signed it in 94? Well, Bill Clinton, hello. So, again, you know, these weak, weak liberal Democrats, whatever, um, they, they, they sell us out every time. You know, the thing is, about this the is, I, this is, this is I, I went back the other day. It was interesting. I had a, a, an actual friend of mine who, quote, confronted me, right? You know, really upset that I own a gun store and just can't understand why in the world I'd own a gun store. And I said, look at Ukraine right now, dude. I, I mean, what else do you need? Well, that would never happen here. How do I know? I don't trust, I don't trust our president. I don't trust our vice president. I'm not giving up my guns. Well, you know, I, you're, you're, you're selling weapons of war. Every gun's a weapon of war if it's used by the wrong person in the wrong hands. Can also be used to save innocent people's lives, which is exactly what's happening in Ukraine right now by the Ukrainian people. But you look at how the world is not stepping up to protect the people in Ukraine. And the people in Ukraine are willing to stand for themselves. But I guarantee Ukraine right now, the people in Ukraine wish they had a lot more guns than they have. Do you know there's like, they they say there's 2,000 foreigners that have come in and helped them, but there's not enough guns for them to even help. And there's another 20,000 on deck trying to, waiting to get into Ukraine, but they don't have enough guns to give to the people from other countries who are willing to come in and help defend and protect the innocent people in Ukraine. Well, here's the exact point. We, you know, we signed we signed on to this memorandum, so we we gave assurances. So there's we had an obligation to make sure that they had. This is not about us going in their boots on the ground, but it's about it's about the assurance that they can you know defend themselves. So you know we're leaving so much on the table by not using this memorandum as a bludgeon so that we can go on the offense with the PR war. I mean, we're losing the PR war because the Valerie O'Biden administration... But, but hold on, but, but wait, 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 wait. This is where you've got you've to think three steps ahead, okay? Three moves ahead. We're losing the PR war on purpose. This administration is seeing this as an opportunity to implement green and alternative energy mandates that's why they're liking this right now they laugh when they're asked that they're going to turn on the keystone pipeline they're laughing in your face they're laughing when they when you ask them are they going to do anything to stop the rising prices of oil and gas they laugh in your face why are they doing this because this is the perfect storm for them their failed policies they can blame on putin going into the midterms because they ran out of steam with covid you notice COVID has totally disappeared, right? Have you, have you noticed that? There's no mass anywhere. No one gives a crap about masks. Uh, Fauci is missing in action. Where's Fauci? No one knows where Fauci is right now. No one has a clue where that dude is. Convenient. Yeah, they moved on, right? They made it. They, they exploited and, and, they, and they realized how much they could take from Americans and how much they could abuse us and how many rights they could take away from us with COVID and now they're just moving forward with oil and gas. They're saying, all right, we can do it now. We can charge them, get them to 6 $7 a gallon. And we can tell them that this is their fault for not buying an electric car. And then we laugh in their face. And if they don't like that, then we'll say, well, it's really Putin's fault.
It's all Putin's fault. Understand, it's really just Putin's fault. And here we are having this conversation right now. So they're loving this, my friend. This is the perfect storm for them. But isn't it the truth? I mean, I've been around long enough to see that the only true threat to a Democrat is a threat to their political power, and that's a Republican. They have absolutely no sense of, of international threats. They never have. That's why. That's why. why in- dude, last Eric, last week, we a lot of people don't know this. I did a whole podcast on this. Go back and listen to it. We let quietly, while we're all focused on the horrific events that are happening in Ukraine, the 20th hijacker out of Gitmo and send him back to Saudi Arabia because we're begging Saudi Arabia for more oil. And nobody in the media even noticed it, much less reported on it, much less connected the dots. Let me explain to you why they called him the 20th hijacker. He actually made it to America. We didn't let him through customs because there was too many red flags with a guy. And they said, no, we, re- we sent him back to the UAE. Then he went back to Afghanistan. Then he met personally with Osama bin Laden. Then he went to Kandahar. Then he fought against Americans and met with Osama bin Laden again. He was supposed to be the 20th hijacker. We let him out of Guantanamo Bay last week and called him not a threat to our national security. That's why we let him go. And the real reason why we let him go is very obvious. It's because we, Saudi Arabia said, all right, give us our terrorists back and we might give you some more oil. And sure enough, that's exactly what we did last week. The 20th hijacker of 9-11, we sent back and let him out of Gitmo. Unbelievable. And by by the way, it's a true story. What I just told you, it really did happen. Like all the details were released by the State Department very quietly. And nobody in the media made those dot connections last week when it happened on, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday. I got got tipped off to it by a reporter in D.C. And they said, hey, you need to know this. Start doing some digging. Made some phone calls. Yeah, we did. And then they confirmed it. Yes, we did let the 20th hijacker go back to Saudi Arabia. But don't worry. We think he's schizophrenic, so we let him go because he's no threat to us. That's how That was their threat assessment. Everything's totally fine. No problems. Two days later, we find out we're trying to convince Saudi Arabia to, to what? Produce more oil. That was our peace offering. Hey, guys, uh, we know we've been pretty tough on you, but we'll give you back the 20th hijacker, and can we move on? And that's exactly what they said. Sure, why not? Go ahead. We'll do it. Sounds good to us. Let's go. Let's roll. All right, we'll send him back over there right now. How do you want us to send him? Priority mail? First class? Private jet? How do you want him? We let him go, folks. He's been in Gitmo for 20 years. Worked with Osama bin Laden on, the, on 9-11 attack. And we let him go. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in. For Mark Levin, you can find me on Getter, uh, Twitter, Parler, Facebook, and download my podcast. If you like what I do here, we'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight and really enjoyed spending some time with you guys tonight. I uh, want to also remind you, Life, Liberty, and Re- Levin on Fox News Channel this Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Keith Kellogg and Richard Goldberg are Mark's guests. So set your DVR. Make sure you watch Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday night right here uh, on Fox News Channel. Grab it. Set your DVR. Uh, and watch this Sunday evening. All right, a moment ago, I mentioned this story that no one in the media covered this week. 
Uh, I, I spent a significant amount of time after I was tipped off on this and, and did a podcast on this about the 20th hijacker. Now, the 20th hijacker um, actually, and, and just so you, you know the history of this 20th hijacker, he's a guy that we didn't let into this country, all right? And the would-be 20th hijacker, the planes used in the September 11th terrorist attacks, uh, he also said something that, and this is the reason why the Saudis wanted him back. He claimed that the Saudis actually helped fund 9-11 via an unnamed prince who allegedly paid for training of the 19 hijackers to learn to fly. Um, this 20th hijacker told federal government attorneys that a Saudi prince paid for flying lessons for him and the 19 terrorists who hijacked the planes in the September 11th attacks. He said the prince was assisting him and his Islamic terrorist activities and was doing so knowingly for Osama bin Laden. Now, this hijacker's claims run completely counter to Saudi Arabia's claim that they were not involved in the 9-11 attacks. Just two months ago, attorneys for Saudi Arabia at the time, this is back in 06, they said that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia had no role in the attacks of September the 11th, 2001. In September of 06, a recording of bin Laden distancing himself from that 20th hijacker emerged online. In it, bin Laden claimed that the man had no connection at all with September the 11th. Bin Laden stressed he was in charge of the 19 brothers, and he never assigned brother Muhammad to be with them in that mission. But we also know something. We know that that's just not true. We know that that's tradecraft of Osama bin Laden. So that Saudi prisoner that apparently wasn't a big deal that we've been holding in Gitmo, right? Who was suspected of trying to join the 9-11 hijackers has been sent back to his home country of Saudi Arabia for treatment for mental illness last week. The Department of Defense quietly announced or admitted. Mohammed was flown back to Saudi Arabia to, to, to a treatment facility from the U.S. base in Cuba after review board, including military and intelligence officials, concluded he could be safely released after 20 years in custody. The 46-year-old prisoner had suffered from mental illness, including schizophrenia. They said, so no problem here, right? He's been dealing with this, they said, since childhood. Then all of a sudden we find out we're trying to get oil from Saudi Arabia. wonder if there's any connection there. Just so you know, in August 2001, Mohammed was turned away from the U.S. at the Orlando airport by immigration officials who were suspicious of his travel. That led the September 11th hijacker, Mohammed Adam, who was actually apparently at the airport waiting in the parking lot, waiting to pick him up. How do we know that? Well, that's according to released documents from the U.S. government. Then U.S. forces later captured this dude in Afghanistan and sent him to Guantanamo Bay, where he was subjected to brutal interrogations that the Pentagon legal official in charge of war crimes commission said amounted to, quote, torture. They said that the treatment, the treatment included beatings, exposure to extreme temperatures and noise, sleep deprivation, extended solitary confinement. So, of course, we just kind of, you know, let him go. No big deal. Right? Move on. How does any, no one, like, pick up on this story? How, how does this just fly under the radar at the same time we're begging for Saudi oil? Like, come on. Really? Like, this is where it is now. Like, are, are you kidding me? That we, this random guy just we send home the suspected 20th hijacker from Guantanamo Bay and no one talks about it 
And we act like it just didn't even happen after two decades without a trial in U.S. custody because the guy was such a bad guy? Welcome to the Biden administration. It's interesting how the 20th hijacker offered to testify about Saudi links to attacks, and now we send him back because he's schizophrenic. And the U.S. panel, quote, recommends release of the mentally ill Guantanamo detainee. Send him back. Yeah. Oh, we need some oil, by the way. Saudi Arabia. Let's just make all the let's make a deal. Doesn't it sound like the program? Let's make a deal. Certainly does to me. Did you hear about this in the media? Nah. Why would we talk about that? 20 years at Gitmo and the timing just happens to be the same week we desperately are asking dictators and tyrants and meeting secretly in Venezuela. Right, right. I mean, all this just happens at the same week. It's just coincidence. Nothing to see here, America. Just coincidence. It's all this is all totally normal. No, it's not. It's not normal. So this is what we're doing. We're begging Venezuela, who we have embargoed their oil for oil. We're begging the Saudis, and we let go the hijacker. We beg them for oil. We know the UAE won't even answer the damn phone right now when the president calls. You hear about that? Yeah, that broke yesterday. Yeah, he's calling, he's calling the Middle East countries, and they won't even pick up the phone for our president. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Mark will be back with you tomorrow. It's been a pleasure filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. I'd love to keep up with you. Follow me on social media, Ben Ferguson Podcast, and grab my podcast, the Ben Ferguson Podcast. I'll see you on that tomorrow morning. Have a great night.